hey, like, this has been awesome. So good. I mean, Jesus is in the house, you know. He is just worthy. And I love how he has your hearts and your attention. And, you know, the glory of God just wants to shine around us. So, um, you know, I'm very uh, moved being here today. I grew up, some of you may remember Assembly of God's, um, maybe your services are the same way, but I grew up in services where women were losing their bobby pins and twirling in the spirit, you know. And, and, and you know, in our, our time, no makeup was allowed. And I remember the first time my Sunday school teacher said, well, God don't care about how you look. And I went to my daddy. He was a pastor. And I said, God said I could wear makeup, daddy. <laughs> you know, I was the only girl. I had to challenge him a little bit. <laughs> but uh, but I grew up seeing mamas and papas loving Jesus. And I, I don't have church hurt. We didn't even talk like that back then. There was, we just knew it was the devil. It wasn't people. It wasn't the church. It was just the devil. He just likes to get in there and use people sometimes. I I, I grew up, you know, just seeing people who loved God because I guess that was my choice. But my cup's always going to be half full. Uh, I'm not going to take the road where, you know, your mind begins to go down to everything that's wrong. Because that's how we lose sight. That's how we lose hope. And I wasn't always saved. I um, lost hold of God in my junior high and high school years and Man, it was it was probably devastating to my folks and um, to the people around me. I mean, my mom and dad did a good thing. They knew how to love. And they loved strong, and they kept going. And I, when I was 24 years old, my mom and dad were having a church service, and they had had a church in Dothan at that time. And on a Thursday night, when I was ready to go out with my friends, I just decided, because I loved my parents dearly, I knew they'd served the Lord for 50-something years at that time. It ended up being 63 years of ministry that they gave their life um, to the Lord. But that Thursday night, I went into my parents' home or church, and I sat on the very back pew where that sweet woman in the pink on this side would be. And I held on to that pew because at the end of my dad, my dad would preach so hard there would be sweat just pouring off of him. You know, he would just give it all he had. But at the end of that message, he slowed down. He began to talk about the love of the Father and how God loves us. And God wants us to receive his love. And he's not mad at us. He just wants us so badly to be with him. And something in that broke my heart. And my little alcoholic self began to hear the voice of God again. I knew I was away. I just didn't know how to get back. But that night, love built a bridge. (laughs) And I was sitting on the back pew. And at the end, he said, if anybody wants to give their life to the Lord, just come. I almost could not get up. I was so ashamed. I was paralyzed with fear. Everybody would know the preacher's daughter was not living right. But the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, if you take the first step, I'll walk the rest of the way with you. And that night, I popped up and I stepped. And I came down to this side of the altar where the steps are. And I laid my head on the steps and I cried a river. And not only was I saved, I was delivered. The Lord took away every appetite for the world. And he gave me new life. And he made me see him for the first time in a long time. I knew that Jesus met me. He wanted me. And that changed the course of history. Now that I stand up here before you 20-something years later, never knew I was going to preach the gospel, never knew we were going to have a church, never knew my feet were going to land in other continents for the gospel, which the Lord's taken us many places, but also that I would have five children that are serving the Lord because I decided to get up and walk forward. You know, God's always calling, but we got to (laughs) cooperate, you know. He doesn't pick you up and bring you to him. He says, rise and come. 
And his invitation is open and he never gives up on you. I want you to hear that today. He never gives up on you. There's never a time that God's not calling or God said, I'm done with you. He wants you. He knows you. He doesn't need you. He desires you. So I know today that we're talking about be the light. And we're going to get into this message. But um, I'm just encouraged this morning. I'm greatly encouraged. I want to pray first before I begin. So if you'll just pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the ability to know you. Lord, the access. Lord, I pray you take us deeper. That something's produced in us today that changes our course forever, even greater, Lord. Even though we're pointed in your direction, we're here on this Saturday morning or we're listening to this online. God, I pray that something that you do in us takes it up a notch. Lord, you increase the volume of our faithfulness and our ability to hear and see you and obey. So, Father, do what you want to do in this service. Remove me, Lord, and come through, Lord. I only want to hear from you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, the first scripture that came to mind to me was Isaiah 60. When I was preparing for this. So if you want to open your Bibles. Isaiah 60. It says. Arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See the darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. And his glory appears over you. Arise and shine. We are called to illuminate the light of knowing Jesus. We are the people who are marked by the light. We're going to go to a few scriptures. You ready for some Bible quiz? (laughs) We're going to find these scriptures. I'm going to Matthew 5, then I'm going to Ephesians 5. So in Matthew 5, 14, the Gospel of Matthew 5, 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Y'all familiar with that scripture? Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. All who are in the house. I want to emphasize that. All who are in the house. How many of you are believing for household salvation? The light gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Ephesians 5. Verse 8, Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Oh, I walked out of my grave clothes, and I came in new robe, and I was buried there for too long, guys. No more visiting the grave. You know, that's sometimes things that happen to us. We're walking with Christ. We're in a good pace. But then it gets a little difficult. And what do we tend to do? We sneak back to the grave and want to resurrect that person, you know, that you buried with Christ. And you just can't do that anymore. It's a new season. You're not going back. Somebody say, I'm not going back. I've risen into the daylight and I'm not going back. You see, when not going back no longer becomes an option. You know, it's like my husband, he says this a lot. We have plan A. We don't have plan B. We lay hands on the sick and we expect them to recover. We don't lay hands on the sick thinking, well, if plan A doesn't work, what's plan B? We lay hands on the sick and we expect them to recover. We go and we pray and we believe God hears us. There's no plan B. I'm not going back to the grave. (laughs) How do we become the pure light of heaven that pushes back the darkness? You ever thought how we hear that we're supposed to be the light, we're supposed to be making a difference, 
but how? And I know that they touched on some things today, whether it's the widow in her home, and we, we unselfishly think of those that are alone. My mother's going through that right now. My mother is widowed, and I'll say, Mom, I'll call her, and I'll go over there, and I'll say, Hey, Mom, who have you talked to today? Nobody. That's a shame. That's a shame. You say, well, God's supposed to take away our shame. Sometimes the things we do, we need to feel some shame. Mainly for things we don't do. (laughs) You know, the absence of, of obedience. Because my Bible says religion that God our Father sees as pure and blameless is this. To see about orphans and widows in their distress and to not be polluted by the world. That's a good memory verse for our, our refrigerators, okay? <laughs> Religion that God our Father sees as pure and blameless is this. To see about orphans and widows in their distress and not to be polluted by the world. But you know what the enemy stri- snatches us away with? He makes us so religiously busy that we don't see about the minute things that make eternal difference. So the enemy knows how to make us feel righteous when we're really not being righteous. Because I'm here to tell you that righteousness requires sacrifice. It also requires obedience over sacrifice. But mentally, we get wrapped up in the schemes of this world, just the things that are going. And we think we're too busy. We're really unprioritized. We have to get our priorities back in line. Are y'all with me this morning? I got my daughter's phone and it keeps clicking and I have to put this code in again. There we go. Thank the Lord for the, for the notes. <laughs> uh, so how do we become the light of heaven? I don't even want us to get our eyes on the things that we're to do. Because when our eyes get on what we're supposed to do, then we run into this um, striving. You know, i got to do this or God's not going to be pleased. I have to let go of this or God's not going to be pleased. And in all my walk with Christ, I've learned this. If you are an inch away from the perfect walk with God, okay, an inch away from looking at him, then the more you stay away and you look at the things you're supposed to do instead of the person you're doing it with, then longer and longer you live like that, trying to perform, you forget to worship. So today I'm not bringing you a message of a to-do list. I'm bringing us back to the place where God calls us to be, which is close to him. Amen? Moses went up the mountain and he came down out of the presence of God looking like a living glow stick. Y'all remember that? That's all it took for him to be light, for someone to see he's been with God. It was his whole illumination of the presence of God that stayed on him. And when we dedicate to being with God like that, going into the secret place, closing the door, designating time just to sit with the Lord, not trying to get anything from him, not trying to pray anything through, not idolizing a prayer request, but just saying, God, you're enough and I want to be with you. Then you come out smelling, looking, talking, thinking, appearing like the light of the world. It's a much easier way to live. We can't be the light to shine the light without having close relationship with the light, right? So I choose to plug into Jesus. When I'm attached to the power source, it's not a matter of me working it up. It's a matter of me existing in Christ. And like Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ who lives within me is now being seen. I know Jesus is the light. You know why? Turn in your Bibles to John 1. We're going to get through some of this scripture right here and get into some of this scripture. I don't apologize for much scripture because scripture is what I missed growing up. I didn't have a consistent children's church leader. I didn't have a consistent person pouring the word into me outside of my parents. I miss knowing the word. My husband came from a Baptist background, and when we met, um, we, we, we were hooked up on a blind date about three months after I got saved because his 
lost friend said, you've gone crazy. And why are you loving that Jesus? And my lost friends knew his lost friends and said, well, i got a friend that went crazy too, and she loves Jesus. We just need to put them together and get them out of the way. <laughs> you know. And that's what happened. And I got set up on a blind date with him. But when he sat with me in church, he goes, you probably know more than I do because my dad's a pastor. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know if that's a book of the Bible. Like, I was so lost and off-center. But the Lord's redeemed that. So we need the Word. John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of mankind. Hallelujah. The light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Hallelujah. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Matthew three eleven, It says, I baptize you with water for repentance. That is John speaking. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and his winnowing fork is in his hand. And he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In Revelation, it says that this is why I know Jesus is the true light. In Revelation, it says that when the new Jerusalem comes, there's not going to be a moon. There's not going to be stars. There's not going to be any heavens to light up the place. No no GE bulbs, okay? No general electric happening up in there. None of that. There is going to be Jesus. And it says his presence lights up everything. So there's no need for any other light. I love that. Jesus is the light. So how are we going to get the light, sisters? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. I'm getting somewhere with this. You know, I know Satan's trying to be light. You know how? (laughs) Well, Scripture tells us some things. But also it tells us that they saw Satan fall like lightning. He's masquerading as light. So let's read this scripture, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 12. 2 Corinthians eleven twelve, And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who have the opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers. They masquerade as apostles of Christ. And no wonder they do this. For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants are also masquerading as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. You see, the day has come we can't masquerade. We can't make this up. We can't put on a happy face. And we can't, um, you know, pretend that people are getting healed when they're not. We can't pretend anymore. We've got to get in the presence of God where we really see the manifestation of what his word says he will do through us. 
I'm telling you, I know you're desperate in this room. Some of you are desperate for husbands to know the Lord. Some of you are desperate for children to know the Lord. Some of you are desperate for God to just overtake this community with his presence and all suicide end in the name of Jesus. I understand that. There's desperation that we need to have in an urgency. Don't be disappointed because you haven't see it. Know that when you seek him, you will see it. There's no way God will leave us. He said he would never leave us. So what's the problem? Maybe we're masquerading because we hadn't seen him. And the authentic light's not being able to shine. Maybe. So we're not talking about wavelengths of light that are comfortable to the eye that God wants to show. We're talking about a Damascus Road encounter. We're talking about when you walk in your family gathering this Thanksgiving, that the atmosphere shifts. I feel it in this room. I know what you're thinking and what you've thought before. You've thought about an occasion you went to. Some of you might teach a class or you might do be in charge of the youth group or, or church. And that one person comes in that you know they got leadership on their life. But, man, having them there, you can fill the room up. Because they have brought in all that struggle. It's time that when we spend enough time in the presence of the Lord, that that person, what's on them doesn't shift, but we shift the atmosphere. I came to tell you this today. We're talking about that we don't just encounter God, but we bring the encounter to everywhere we go, friends. It's by spending time with Him. There's no other proof of that. Whether you try to muster it up or not, or you're trying to go down your to-do list of Christian activities, or waiting for the church to start a mission, we need to do it on our own and be so excited about getting up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit, and getting into the place of prayer, and not just squeezing it in, but death definitely designating that time because the reward is that many will come to Jesus. We're talking about no person can stare at the sun and see the same. The vision changes. Oh, come on. Have you ever thought about what light is? Light is white. But you know what? Light is every single color meshed into one and it presents itself as white. We need to be concerned about the light because one day Jesus is coming back and he said, have your robes washed. You know, no blemish. Jesus paid it all. And when we believe on Jesus, I love it in First John. It says this, that if you're going to claim Jesus, you've got to walk as Jesus did. Jesus walked in complete obedience to the Father, but he also went away so many times, left the crowd to go be with his Father. That's where his strength came from. That's where his flesh was overcome. That's where he didn't walk away with hurt feelings when Judas betrayed him, when people walked away from him, when he was the outcast of the city that he grew up in. There were no hurt feelings because he wasn't living by the soulish realm. He was living by the Spirit. That's what we've got to gather today. I'm going to scoot down here and get to my main. Because I feel it. I feel it coming. The eyes, the lamp of the body, it says in Matthew 6.22. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness. The eyes in that text is talking about not just your physical eye. It's talking about the eye represents your understanding. If I, I went to Africa a few weeks ago. We went to Kenya. And everywhere we went, we were talking about Jesus. And we had 19 people on this mission trip, okay? And, and we would gather back in the evenings. And all we would talk about is Jesus. And all we would talk about is what we experienced while we were out witnessing or building um, within the orphanage or doing things for the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, if you were doing more things about me, that's all your conversation would be full of. 
And my understanding would not be wrapped up in the way the world says things are supposed to go. And with the hypocrisy of any faith, I would be wrapped up in what Jesus says. And I would be walking in a conversation constantly with the spirit of what do you want, God? Where do you want me to go today? What do you want to say today, God? And while I'm on this mission trip, you know, boldness comes on me. And there's a huge Muslim faith that um, has risen all over every land, guys. And over there in Kenya, you don't know if you're talking to a Muslim. Sometimes you don't know if you're talking to a believer if it's a man, because the man's not clothed like that usually. And so the boldness came on me to talk to a young man in the fruit store. Well, you know, guys, only God could have me stand before a Muslim man and share the gospel And not only that, he was receiving it. Do you know what his number one question to me was? He said, how do you see Jesus like that? How did you come to think that Jesus is your Savior, is that? You know, I know he was thinking I was going to come back with all these scriptures, with all this, you know, language of of Christianity, this backing of proof, this list of facts. I looked straight at him and I said, because I met him. You don't need to know a whole lot. You just need to know that you met him. And when you met him, he said, I'll take you in. You will be my children, God says. Meet my son. Have access to me. Be clothed in the light as he is in the light. Be the city on the hill that shines. Be light. It doesn't take much. And I'm telling you, in the church world today, we're getting too impressed. Too impressed with knowledge versus action. So therefore, we lower ourselves and say, I just don't know as much as anybody else. The only reason you don't know as much is because you're not activated. You have to begin to go and do. Not just sit and learn. I think learning is important. I believe scripture knowledge is important. The word is the light. It lights up inside of us. It is what we abide by. The word. He he was the word. He is the word. And we became alive in the word. But... You have to not rely on human knowledge, but your own encounter with him. You know, your pastors, there's no way that they can arrange enough outreaches, that they can particularly minister enough opportunities for you to minister the way that God can set you up in different places. Jesus can take you places, and I'm not talking about popularity, and I'm not talking about platforms. I'm talking about right down the road to that little widow woman, that you stand there with her, and you minister to her the love of God. I'm talking about in your homes when you want to disrespect your parents. But God ministers through you to to minister love, mercy, and obedience to them, and then you become the light. I'm talking about in your workplace. When the lady next to you is all into witchcraft and voodoo, and she got all the Halloween stuff all up, okay? The skeletons are hanging everywhere. And you want to go, oh, my God, I cannot believe she's like, what do you expect? She's not encountered him. I didn't get mad at Target. I don't get mad at Walmart. They're not proclaiming Christ. The sinners do what sinners do. But when the church partakes, we lose our light. We've got to come out and be separate and get with God more than we get with the world. Listen, unless you fast and pray, you don't know how much of the world you got in you. You know, when you get facing situations that are desperate, then you know how much God's in you and how much you're in him. I love that the light is needed to produce fruit. You know, I couldn't plant a tree that's supposed to produce fruit and not put some sunlight on it. That fruit would just not produce, right? We're supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit. My dad used to say, and I'll take that little quote from him, if we only had love, joy, and peace, we'd change the world. But how much of our lives are spent in darkness, we hide away with our Christianity, and we don't become love. 
We don't become active being vocal. We're not witnessing. We're surviving. And the Lord is saying to us, come out of the secret place. Go in there, but come out. And don't forget about me. Let him live. You know, sometimes in practicality, all right, what you're going to face is you grew up in this community. And this community knows you one way, but now you're trying to be full of God. It's just a choice, guys. Make it where they don't recognize you. Make it where they say, you're not the same. Man, you don't talk the same. And let them get mad at you a little bit. Yeah, I don't go to the movies and watch that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't do drugs anymore. I'm going to give you some hope right here. we got two people in our church right now completely free of meth. we got another one that's coming right behind them. And I'm sure others. Nothing's impossible for God. But activation is key in coming out from the world. Life's not over for you if you got divorced. Life's not over for you if you lost your job. Life's not over for you, no matter the circumstance. It's just beginning. Can the cup be half full for a little bit, y'all? Come on. The rain comes, but then there comes the sun. It's not always going to be dark. God's trying to bring us into the light, no matter the situation. None of us deserve salvation. None of us deserve to walk around and say, hey, follow my light. I'm light, 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 light. None of us. But God, in his glorious mercy, presented his son as the living sacrifice to die a brutal death on a cross that every person in the world might know him. And then what we're to do in the return, because we love him, is to go and make him known. Y'all, if he cared about reputation, he would have never talked to the woman at the well. She would have never been the first evangelist. You hear me? If he would have cared about reputation, he would have never been born of the Virgin Mary that was unmarried. My God likes to turn things up. He's not worried about your your people's view of you he just wants you to know you're his that's my kid and the only reason he'll use you is because you become available i feel a prayer night starting in this community i feel a holy prayer night starting in this house i feel like the lord is giving direction even right now guys you got to begin to pray like you have never prayed before and the reason why is because god is eager to do what he says he'll do he is eager for this will you be available you know the priests would enter the holy of holies and they'd have the breastplate on and the breastplate had all the jewels and all, I mean, 12 jewels, maybe not all the jewels, but 12 jewels. And when the priest would walk into the Holy of Holies, the glory of God would shine and beam off of every one of those jewels. I think it is so um, indicating of the Lord, indicative of God today, that when I walked in your bathroom... I was praying over this message. I, I even have a picture of all the jewels, the topaz, the emeralds, the, you know, everything that the walls are going to be made of that you read out of the book of uh, Revelation. All those jewels was on the priest, his, um, his breastplate. And when I walked in your bathroom back there for the first time, I looked down and somebody lost their jewel. It's a little white rhinestone. I'm going to leave it up here for y'all. Your righteous breastplate is Jesus. You're his treasure. Now he wants you to stay and live in this place with him. That it is the holy of holies. God did say be holy as I am holy. But you can't make up holiness. 
Holiness is who we are from just being with Him. He sheds away our flesh. He emphasizes His Spirit in us. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It is just an honor. In, uh, let's move to this scripture right here. If you want to turn Colossians 3.16. How do we make sure we're allowing God to be with us, in us, and work through us? Number one, if you're taking notes, putting the word in us. Y'all are familiar with that scripture. It says, the word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, right? Okay. Well, Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. How do we let... God, be the light through us. Number two, putting the Spirit in us. Before there were lights, (laughs) the light was fire. And I read to you earlier that John the Baptist said, you know, I'm baptizing you with water, but there's one who's coming who's going to baptize you with fire. Okay? Jesus has made that available for us. We've got to make room for the Holy Spirit. Acts. Chapter 1 and 2. But when the Spirit came on them, there was the evidence of power. To fulfill the great commission, guys, that you find at the end of Mark. Go into all the world. Heal the sick. Open the blind eyes. Okay? Raise the dead. Cast out demons. If I went around this room and I said, how many people have you laid hands on to be healed I wonder how many hands would be raised. If I went around this room and I said, how many people have you led to Jesus? I wonder how many hands would be around this room. That you actually were there and you walked them through a sinner's prayer or walked them into this place of knowing Jesus. I'm not downing us. I'm just awakening us. Because it's everybody else's job. It's how we walk away from church. Surely the preacher went to the hospital and prayed for that dead, that dead person to be raised up. Surely the ministers of the youth went to the football game and believed God for God to touch that football team. Or the cheer squad. We have to become active lights. And it's when we plug into Jesus and get filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know we're light? Ephesians 5. It says, For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. This is a command. Live as children of light and find out what pleases the Lord. If somebody asks you, what's your life mission? What's your church mission? I think we should all turn it into, we're trying to find out what pleases the Lord. We're on a mission to please Him. And with that holiness, no one We're not going to please him. We're not going to see him. Number three, putting obedience in action. James 1.19, if you want to turn there. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Y'all, I'm telling you, don't get mad at the sinner. Don't get mad at the world. Stay in joy and peace, which is the Holy Ghost. All right? Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But what whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Everybody say do. Being the light is an action. Saying I'm the light is a hope. How are we going to be the light? 
I'm just reviewing with us right now. We're going to sit in his presence. We're going to prioritize. I'm going to tell you something, too. You've got to turn the worship off sometimes, the music, because it can occupy your thoughts instead of you just being with God. Find the place where you feel closest to God to get with God. You know, sometimes when I'm sitting at the beach, man, I just get these words from the Lord, this revelation from heaven. I don't do good in a lot of silence, but I don't do good when music's playing because my mind tends to go with the music rather than focused here. But everybody has his your own way. Find the way. Find what pleases the Lord, what draws you close to God. You have to. You get to. We need you. If everybody walked in this volume of Christianity, there would be hospitals emptied out. There would be homeless shelters emptied out. There would be drug addicts done with drugs. They would be free. Because the Bible tells me who who the sun sets free is free indeed. The Bible tells me where the Spirit of the Lord is in operation, there will be freedom. Now, I'm not here to whoop y'all with the word, and I certainly hope you don't take it that way. I'm here to encourage your hearts that I came to this place today seeing a women group that is full of God. I love that you have every age in this place. You have all different colors of skin, colors of hair, ways that you worship. We can come together. Psalm 133 says this. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters come together in unity. It is like the oil being poured on us. Y'all know what was needed in the lamp to have the fire, to have some light? Oil. Fight for the unity. Fight to be unified with the body of Christ. Fight to have a relationship with the Baptist church down the street. Fight to be in friendship with the Methodists. Fight to be in friendship with those that are lost. Fight for it, because there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. We've got to fight for these things. Here's the way that most people do it, though. Most people say, wow, that's really nice. I hope that happens. That's so good. That's a great idea. Or they do this right here. You go to your pastor, you go, I've got this amazing idea. Okay? We are going to do this outreach. It's only going to cost $3,000, okay? All right. But I got it all planned out, okay? What do you think about that? Okay. Wonderful. And you don't see that person again. (laughs) Because what that really meant is I've got this idea. I need you to do it. How many of you were moved by that drama today? That human, human video. And you're like, that brought tears to my eyes. I am so glad that team did that. That was so meaningful. Now, how many of you thought about where you're going to go when you leave here? I'm not getting on to you. I'm shifting your mindset. Because we are in tune with thinking someone's going to do it. How many of you hear this message right now and you are sitting in this room and you're thinking, I wish so-and-so was here. They sure did need to hear that message. They're not here. And you are. And your husband ain't going to get it when he get home. Second-hand messages don't work on the husbands, okay, or the boyfriends or no one else. Sometimes not even the neighbors or your aunt, whoever. You were here. You heard this firsthand. God knew you were going to be here. This is for you. This is not for your neighbor. This is not for later. This is for now because we're not promised tomorrow. In this day, today, who are the brave women who say, I won't just be a hearer of the word, but I will be a doer in Jesus' name? Stop using the scripture against God. Because this is what we do. We hear something from God and we say, are you going to do it if it's the Lord's will? This is my favorite. 
I'll go to somebody and I'll say, look, sister, I see this in you. And God, he is going to do this. And I mean, I'm certain I've been in prayer. And God obviously put me in a position of authority in the body. So I'm seeing about these sheep. And I, I impart this, not you know, like, God's going to do it. And they look at me and go, I'll go pray about that. I'll go pray about it. Give me, give me a few days to pray about that. That means I really don't want to do that. And I'm going to pray until I get God to agree with me. That that's just not me. But I'm here to tell you, if you're not pulled out of your comfort zone, you're going to be just like these pews right here. And the Bible says that the people of God don't cry out the rocks will. You only have a limited life on this earth. You have to make each day count to make it eternal valued. Okay? We can do all kind of things. And some of you in this room right now, you need to shut off some of the things that you're doing. Because they're not as important as the obedience that you need to show God. You're just being kept busy and you know it. And you're frustrated because you're too busy. And you want to do these other things for God, but who else will do that? Let me tell you this. Here's the secret. You stop doing it, and the person who's going to do it will show up. But as long as you keep doing it, it may get like nobody's going to do it for two weeks. But then somebody will come. But as long as you keep doing it, you're doing it. Why would anybody else appear? Let it go. It's time to get in alignment with God. We're not here to please people. We're here to please God. We're here to honor our leaders. We're honoring God. We're going to honor and go forth. And there's right ways and wrong ways to do that. We don't do it with a jerk knee reaction. We walk through this. But some of you are way too busy. And I hear it and I feel it. Some of you are in this room wishing that you had a prayer life that shook heaven, hell, and the earth. I got a book I'm writing, and I ain't promoting it because I ain't got print. But it's called Love Quake. You know, the earth is waiting on us to rise and shine. When will we shine? When we get it all together? When will we shine? When we feel confident enough? Do you you know? I started this this walk of ministry with zero record. <laughs> I've never prayed for anybody. I'd never preached. I'd never sung. Y'all, that's the starting point. Begin to do what you've never done and let God build upon it. I love how God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Give and it shall be given unto you. But when we don't offer anything, he can't give. He wants to take what you have. And I'm in this room also to tell you that I don't care how old you think you are and your days are over and that was back then. It is now, my friend. It is now. God will help you through struggles. God will help you overcome how your body feels. We do not live according to the flesh, but we live according to the spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. When the spirit gets ignited in me, I feel like I could fly through the sky. That praise song, praise. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. I feel like if I had wings, if only my feet could leave the ground, I'd be flying all around the ceiling. Because the Spirit of God equips you, He steers you, He enlightens you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a great teacher. He gives you wisdom. He'll give you words. You have got to just trust in Him. That's where we're at. Don't trust in yourself. I don't trust you. I trust God with you. I don't mean to offend y'all. I mean, don't trust yourself. Trust God. Well, what if I do this ministry and I fall back into sin? What if you do this ministry and God begins to use you? And you get a taste of how God wants to use you. And you don't fall back in a life of sin. I'm not talking about the believers sometimes that's been saved for three weeks or or, uh, 30 years, 60 years. There are some of you in the room, you're fresh, you're new. You've got a fire. You've got to light the rest of us up. God is no respecter of persons. And when you were born, before you were born, God put a gift on your life. 
He put a calling on you. I don't know what it is. Man, it may be to vacuum the sanctuary every day, all day. Pray through it. There is no gift less than the other. And please stop doing this. If you ever do this, slap yourself. You are not doing one thing to get to a higher level. This is not promotion station. This is obedience. I remain a servant. I don't ever move from the place of servanthood. I don't do things to get something else. I don't get around the pastors or special people and try to get their anointing. And and man, maybe God will just promote me, promote me. Y'all, the best place to be is be demoted. I wish to the good Lord I could go back when my dad was living and when I was in the back and I was just running around praying on Saturday nights and I was in the bathrooms cleaning the bathrooms and I was sweeping the fellowship hall and all I wanted was Jesus. Those were the best times because as you grow in the Lord, greater comes responsibility and accountability. Do not neglect the small things. And I still will clean that toilet with joy. I don't need nobody carrying my Bible. If they want to, it's fine. If they think it's the blessing to them, wonderful. Because honor is a great gift that you can give to people who serve the Lord. People who are around you, honor them. Carry your sister's Bible. Pick up the load. It's great. It's an offering to the Lord. But don't do it to get something else. We're not climbing a corporate ladder. We're trying to get so low that we are dead men walking that the light of the Lord can shine through us. Because it's really hard for people to see Jesus when we're wanting to be seen. God is trimming away the fat, y'all. For us ladies, that's a good thing, right? Pray over them meals. Every calorie disappear in Jesus' name. He's trimming back the things that don't matter. I'm just going to end and share some testimonies with you. I have seen in the last two years, it took me being 45 years old before I really accepted who I was in Jesus. I feel like I have fought it ever since. I'm unusual. I'm a female minister. That may not matter in this house, but in my circle, I've had hate mail. I have had people be ugly about it. And and I've often asked the question, would you rather me be back sitting at the bar? Can we be thankful that someone's saved and wants to share? And I could do a whole study and doctrine out of the Word of God of how females have always been used. And it's not a competition. It's a completion. But 45 years old. I got the revelation and accepted who I was in Christ. I've been good to my husband. He's been good to me. We have five children. I don't put away the things that have to be done to obey the Lord. I love being a female. I don't want to be a man. I love being a mama. All I ever wanted to be. If you had asked me when I was five years old, what do you want to be? I'd say a mama and a wife. I was looking for a husband from the time kindergarten started. (laughs) It's a true story. When God saved me and delivered me, he took away that want for a boyfriend or a man, a husband. He took it away. I did not want the man I'm with today. He had to fight hard for me. (laughs) But I wasn't interested. I just had met Jesus, and Jesus was enough. Jesus has always been enough, and I thank God for my good husband, wonderful husband, and my children. But 45 years old, I just began to, I guess, sit in the saddle, you know, climb up on the horse, not knowing where it was going in my heart and say, okay, God, whatever it looks like, I'm not going to shun away from it anymore. I'm not going to shy away. Whatever it looks like, God, whatever you want. And it was about that time I'd always had it in my heart to have a Christian school. So 
we didn't have funds to have a Christian school, but the Lord opened a way that we actually bought this big old Baptist campus in town. Like, no one knew it was for sale, sister, until we came along. And then people got kind of mad. They said, we would have bought that. Well, God saved it for us, so I'm sorry, you know. I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. We didn't even have the money to buy it but God. We, we weren't in debt. We didn't, but that means we didn't have credit. I mean, you know, as a ministry. And God moved us into this campus, and I thought, when, when I got, mm, it's about 45 years old, and I said, you know, when's, when are we going to do these things that we talk about? When's it going to be a good enough time to do it? Well, now seems good. And this thing just rose up in me. I accept the call, God. And we started a school the first year. I couldn't even hardly pay teachers. Thank God for willing vessels, okay? And those willing vessels came. We had 26 students, K-5 through 12th grade. The next year, we had 50-something students. The next year, we had 100-and-something students. And the next year, we have reduced back down to 65 because God was cleaning house a little bit with us. He'll do that every now and then. Don't look at things in the natural. You better have that cup half full because you don't know what he's doing. That's what Jesus told Mary and Martha. I'm coming. I know Lazarus is in the grave. I realize it's been three days. It may look like I'm late, but I got something in the works. And ain't none of us stopped talking about Lazarus rising up out of that grave, have we? Amen. So we stand here on this campus. We've got this school. These kids are getting the Bible. We are teaching the Word of God. And it's because finally accepting the call was like everything's not perfect, but I'm going for it. I never thought I'd go to another nation. I never thought that I would do anything. I love being at home. I'm not, you know, I'm not what you describe as your missions person. Y'all, I have been taken to Japan. I have been taken to Mexico. And I got stuck in Mexico by myself without any men. I think God is very funny, okay? <laughs> he is really funny. That was not a good good feeling. My husband and my children got stuck at home. I'd never been there. The Lord is funny. He will He will trust you with some things. But it was amazing. I've recently went to Africa. God wants to do something. You know, this past week, I can't stop witnessing for God. I'm standing in Home Depot last night. And I'm renovating a house, that's per request. And um, 9 o'clock in Home Depot last night, trying to find the whatever goes on the toilet. I don't even know what it's called, but it's all good. And this little girl standing there, and God's really burdened my heart for young adults. And I, I started a young adults group <laughs> um, just about a year and a half, two years ago. And I didn't know who was going to come. We started with two of us. It looked pitiful. It was so boring and and pitiful from the outward appearance. And then they kept coming. And then they started bringing their friends because I made space, right? I just made space. I just obeyed the Lord. I'm like, there's a need right here. I'm available. Okay, we'll do this. It was in my backyard that it began to blossom where nothing was, where ants were biting us and mosquitoes were loose and gnats were invading everything. And all of a sudden, that young adults group grew and grew and grew into 30, 40 Young adults that we meet on Monday nights, and they're not usual. They are so unusual, fired up for Jesus, that every one of them have a testimony that God is real, and they have encountered Him, and they're going and making a difference. I had five of them go to Africa with me. One of them's about to walk away from his job, his security, to say, I am supposed to go after the Lord. And he's going to be volunteering at the church and working there until something opens for him. That is faith, guys. But I met this girl last night at Home Depot. She was a young adult. And I began to talk to her. And, and, and I realized her nationality probably lended that she was Catholic. And I looked at her and I gave her a card. Me and her, we were just hitting it off. It was a God thing, right? Because I was looking. I wasn't busy worrying about the things that were happening at my renovation. I took the time to stop for the one. And when I looked at her, I said, look, I said, you can come. Um, it's everybody. You can be Catholic and come. She goes, really? How did I know that was a question in her heart? 
Because I spent time with Jesus. Jesus is walking this thing out. Kim can do nothing, but God can do everything. I don't know who that girl's going to reach, but because I reached her, it could be possible that she could reach another. Last week in our church service, our young adults, some of them were on the platform and they were testifying about Africa. And I had to stop and I said, the reason that this girl, Riley, is standing here is because Emma, on the third row over there at our church, Emma met Riley and started talking to her at Makata's in Dothan. Riley comes to church, comes to young adults, ends up in Africa. Well, because Emma touched Riley, and Riley went out and told Mackenzie, hey, come to young adults with us. You got this trickle effect happening, and now we're just passing it on. What's holding you back? Don't let What if that doesn't happen? Take over your mind. Think about what if. Let's worship the Lord today. Would you stand to your feet? I just want to pray for you guys. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Can we uh, turn on the grave clothes song? I'm going to tell you. God is wanting to use you. No one else will do. He wants to use you. You can turn it on at any time. It's fine. And I felt this deep in my spirit. We're about to do a march. It's not a Jericho march. It's a Be the Light march today. And I want you to practice freedom as you march around in a circle around these pews. I want you to march out your freedom. I want you to march until you forget anybody else is in the room. March like your life depended on it. You have to play it anytime. Come on. Come on. Come on. Begin to lift that up. Come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Oh, oh, come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Come on. Come on. Walk out of your seat. Begin to march around this place. <laughs> Let it be personal with you and God. I'm not going to stay in this place anymore. Oh, come on. Let us shout out even. Yeah, just turn that up a little bit. Speak, Lord. Come alive in the one who has conquered it all. I'm walking out. Come on, sing that out while you're marching. In the one who has conquered it all. Just me and you, Jesus. We're walking along. I'm not going to stay in the place I was. I'm growing. I'm moving. I'm unafraid. I'm courageous in Christ. I've been called. You gave me a new name. This is my hour, my time. I accept the mission, Lord. The call of God that's on my life, Lord. Oh, Just between you and God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hey! Come on, God's doing something right now. Come on. He's my Savior. Savior. My Savior. I'll go with you, God. I'll follow you. I'm not turning back. Oh, light the fire, light the fire, light the fire in me. I've seen the light. I'm not going back. Oh. 
because he did it. Because you did it. Oh. Oh. Come on, you can do it. Walk it till you get breakthrough. I can do it. I will do it. Nothing in the way. Buried there for too long. (laughs) New day. It's a new day. Come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Come on. Savior. My Savior. My Savior. My Savior. I want to take an opportunity to also pray for you guys. So while that's playing, we'll just keep that on repeat. And if you want prayer today, I'm going to pray for you. We're, we're good on that. I'm good on that. So come if you feel led to. I'm just believing the Holy Spirit's going to fall on you. And the fire of heaven's going to light up any areas that you need to uncover Come on, it's good. Good.